0: I am a usually grateful disciple of Jesus Christ, often frustrated and angry. Um, Jesus and I are working on health issues, especially blood pressure, and I'm getting some progress. Thank you, Jesus. And my name is Janet. I have a vivid memory of a time when I think I was about five. And I'm sitting at the kitchen table and the kitchen is dark and the living room door is lit up and my parents are in there reading the newspaper and I'm sitting there in the dark with a bowl of something in front of me that I was not going to eat. <laughs> I know it was white and mushy. I, and my mother used the line on me that probably most of you have heard from your parent. Eat that up. You should be grateful. Don't you know that children in lots of different places are starving? Who heard that line or some variation? Yes. And we're supposed to be grateful, although it's difficult situations like that, because we're little... So how much do we take for granted in everyday situations? And how much do we take for granted what God has done for us and what God is continuing to do for us? It's a good question. And I have to say, well, what is gratitude other than cheesy memes on the internet? Well, gratitude is your personal response to something good and positive that exists or a fortunate happening or receiving a gift or a kindness. And so your response can go in two ways. Your response can be your momentary emotion of being thankful and feeling happiness, and that's nice. And gratitude can be your your own character trait your mindset with an habitual state of mind and a pattern of thinking and a habitual way of speaking and behaving in a positive way and giving in return cuz gratitude is part of a cycle now how does Gratitude Change Everything, So that was the title. Well, let's think about the carnal level. Now, by carnal, I mean the natural, the physical world. And by the way, carnal isn't always a bad thing. All sin is carnal, but not all carnal things are sin. You need to eat, right? That's carnal, but, you know, God designed you to eat, Right? that can go off the rails in lots of different ways, and then it does become sin. So our behavior of gratitude and thankfulness, appreciation, and giving back, it seems to attract more of what we're grateful for. If you're paying attention, you've probably noticed that. For example, think about... A car salesman over at uh, New Roads, and he sells a new car to a nice couple, and you know it's a a really it's a nice transaction. There they're making friends. He's a real schmoozer, and he feels and he thinks gratitude. Like this is his income, and so when they come to take delivery of the shiny new car. He has put a beautiful fruit basket with cookies in it, too, on the front seat, and there's a sincere card thanking them for their business, so already he's giving back, and that's very unusual, by the way, for car salesman to do that. And he follows up with Christmas cards. And he watches the service bay listing. And when they bring the new car in for you know the warranty work and so on, he makes sure he's in there to say, Hi, how are you? How's it going? How do you like the car? And isn't it interesting that when it's time for them to trade up, get a new car, a couple of years, who do they ask for? Him. And so... His gratitude and his giving back brought things back to him. Now, sometimes New Agers go, oh, yeah, you know, the feeling of gratitude, it's magnetic attraction. I just feel gratitude. Bring me the money, bring me the money. I'm so grateful for the money. No, no. Notice that it's a simple behavior between people. The salesman behaved in a certain way, and they behaved. It's just simple behavior. There's no magnetic stuff. But the opposite effect can happen too. Let's say there's a lack of thankfulness, a lack of appreciation, not giving back. And imagine a grandmother whose various sets of grandchildren are spread all around the country. They're far away. And grandma sends the grandchildren birthday cards and little gifts and money. Now, some of the families of grandchildren, they sit down and they write out, Dear Granny, thank you for the present, usually with mom standing over them, but that's okay. She's teaching them. And there's one family, never an acknowledgement of anything. Now, you would probably understand if Granny, as the years pass, stops sending gifts and money to those grandchildren, because she doesn't even know if they get there. They're certainly not acknowledged. And you might imagine what happens when she makes her will. (laughs) By the way, that's a true story. So, the interesting thing about gratitude is it's contagious, it's a good feeling, it's love, because we are commanded by God to love one another and to notice how what we do for each other and to be appreciative and to be grateful and to keep things flowing. Now you might be thinking, you know, how does this, you know, map over to my relations, you know, with God? Well, in the Christian steps which you all have hanging on your refrigerator, right? You've got this poster. We have arrived at steps 10, 11, and 12, which are about gratitude and giving back. And step 11, which is where we're zeroing in on, I seek through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. And the scriptures, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, because that's where you find God's will. He's not going to hit you over the head and say, go and do this. He's already sent you the letter and so as we zero in on this you know i was uh, thinking i should uh, google some stuff online what's out there in the culture about gratitude and i expected that if i googled i'd probably find rainbows and sure enough rainbows everywhere and uh, The rainbow has been kind of co-opted these days, but uh, we know who gave us the rainbow. And then I thought, I'll bet if I look some more, I'm going to see unicorns, sure enough. (laughs) And notice the cover of this journal, Believe in Unicorn. (laughs) Not believe in God. The secular world, they know they're supposed to be grateful and to believe, but they go astray. And then I thought, there's got to be some Oprah stuff in here. And sure enough, gratitude is the rainbow sprinkles of attitudes. And there's gratitude against a background of sugary crack. (laughs) Right? And also, this was a popular image in the secular gratitude love yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of cheesy stuff. And and then there are ironic expressions of gratitude. My mother had a fridge magnet on her fridge for years. And this was really ironic. The fridge magnet said any day above ground is a good one. <laughs> And you know, she's still above ground, or rather her ashes. She's with Jesus, but her ashes are in one of those uh, um, cemetery vaults up above the ground. So she's still above the ground. It's like she got the last word. So why should we be grateful? Does God give us any instruction to be grateful? He certainly does. Do not be anxious about anything, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. It's interesting that when you pray, you're supposed to do some thanks, right? Think about things? Hmm. And part of your mind might be saying, I can't think of anything to be thankful, but I guess I should pray. Well, there's always something to find. And... In Psalm 107, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. That's us. So that's pretty specific. And uh, wondrous works to the children of man. Um, I I think of some of the slides that uh, Douglas took up north got away from all the light pollution he took beautiful shots of the stars and the milky way that sometimes we see behind our lyrics that's a it's a it's just amazing and yet humans sometimes are kind of disobedient about this grateful stuff some people say well i should feel grateful but i don't feel anything And that's a bit of a carnal trap because there's feelings that come and go, you know, maybe your blood sugar's low, it's high, you know, you feel grateful, and then later on you're feeling grouchy and you don't feel grateful. That's very carnal, it comes and it goes. Gratitude ought to be a way of thinking and behaving and speaking, and sometimes the feelings are there. But not always. I think uh, I was reaching one day a long time ago, and I was thinking about gratitude. And I thought, "Oh, what can I be grateful about?" And the Holy Spirit said, "Stop signs." Stop signs. But yeah, this is a gratitude that I can think about, I can speak about. I don't really feel anything when we come up to a stop sign, but isn't it wonderful? that the stop sign is part of our heritage from our culture, civic responsibility, fairness, taking turns. That isn't everywhere in the world. So stop signs, I'm grateful for. Now, other people, they do this, yeah, but, about gratitude. Oh, I should feel grateful for this crappy place I live in. Yeah, but I see all these mansions online. And, you know, it's not fair that they have beautiful places. And I don't. And that woman on Facebook that decorates her mantle. I don't even have a mantle. Hmm. You ever done a yeah, but? And then there are the people who are into entitlement. Um, I just deserve all of this. I'm entitled. Why should I be grateful when I deserve it? Some of you are remembering when you were teenagers, right? Teenagers just believe that the food and the house, even the clean laundry, it just manifests. And eventually, if they're well-parented, they figure out, well, I should be really grateful to my parents for, or whoever's looking after me. Give me this place and food and limousine me back and forth to all the things I want to do. Now, some people don't ever grow out of that entitlement mentality, and it's still about, you know, other people pay for me, because I deserve it. Now, other people, they could be grateful, but they're just clueless. They don't even think about what there is to be grateful for, probably not. Um, Christians yet. Just plain cluelessness. I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, there's a reason why Jesus decided that the best animal to compare us to would be the sheep. Just for clueless. Now, one of the great examples of this, that learning in, in the Bible, is about Israel. In the wilderness, being repeatedly ungrateful, so there they are. There, Moses leads them out of 400 years of slavery, and you know they're they're getting out of town, and the Egyptians are giving them their gold jewelry as they go by. So Israel's pockets are stuffed with gold, and they get to the Reed Sea, and Moses parts the waters, and they cross, and then. Pharaoh's armory, army, okay, now I've gotten them out of here. You know, they did all these terrible things to us, but I'm going to go get them now. But the waters, boom. And so Israel's standing on the far bank. We have no record in Scripture that they were thankful at that point, after this incredible set of God's miracles. <laughs> and then, very shortly after, they get to a place called Mara, where they couldn't drink the water it was bitter, and the people grumbled against Moses. What shall we drink? So Moses and God came up with this thing, throw this log in the water. The water became sweet, and they drank. They were full. And then God kind of set up a warning. that it going, It's going to come all the way through this uh, wilderness adventure. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord your healer. Wow. That's kind of a little warning, isn't it? And then they carry on and they're in the wilderness And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Complain, complain, complain. So the very patient Lord said to Moses, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the manna fell every day, and they gathered it up. There's no expression in Scripture where the people of Israel are saying, Wow, we're grateful to God for being rescued. Food falling from heaven. Imagine if that happened now. You'd never need to go for takeout. It would be great. But they carry on. They move on to another part of the wilderness. And again, there's a water problem. Therefore, the people complained to Moses and said, give us water to drink. And this time, it was Moses striking the rock with his staff. At God's instruction, the water came out of the rock. Well, this, this would be quite an event if you saw this. And the people drank, <laughs> And then they tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Very doubtful. Then things proceed. By the way, this journey from the Reed Sea to the edge of the Promised Land was supposed to take about maybe two weeks. So... Moses goes up the mountain, remember? And he's, he's having a conference with God. He's getting the Ten Commandments. And the people are back in the camp. You know, if they had watches, they'd be checking them, like, where is Moses? The days are going by. Where's he gone? And right away, these are not grateful people anyway. They say, come, make gods for us who will go before us, because this is Moses. We don't know what's happened to him. And they got all their gold together made a golden calf, an idol. So they're copying the 400 years of their experience in Egypt where there's all kinds of gods and people are worshipping all these idols. So there's the golden calf and they sacrificed and they gave offerings and as the scripture says, they rose up to party. Well, of course, Moses did show up eventually. well, We'll skip on to Numbers now, Numbers 11. The people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. Here they go again, drama queens and drama kings. Now the rabble, and sometimes it's translated as riffraff, the riffraff that was among them had a strong craving. The people of Israel also wept again and said, "'Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate.'" In Egypt that cost nothing the cucumbers the melons the leeks the onions and the garlic but now our strength is dried up and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at oh I say well that part is in Scripture but I can imagine and so the next thing the Lord did was bring a wind that blew in quail that fell From the sky, it's like having chickens ready to roast, falling all around you. You could gather them up. Was there any expression of gratitude? They just complain, and they complain, and they complain. Finally, they're at the edge of the promised land. Maybe it was a month or so. We don't know. And they send out the scouts, remember? And the scouts are going to scope it out. And the scouts come back. And they told Moses and Aaron, We came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Now, are we hearing a positive mindset or a negative mindset? But Caleb, he was one of the scouts, remember? He said, Oh, quiet down. Let us go at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. So here's a positive mindset. We can do it. Then the men, the other scouts who had gone up with him said, No, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. It is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are of great height. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seem to them. I don't know how they knew. So more negative mindset, more complaining. And then the people rebelled, and they said, Oh, would that we had died in the land of Egypt. Would that we had died in the wilderness. Our wives and our little ones will become prey to these people in the promised land. So once again, they're just speaking negatively, They're speaking against God's plan, aren't they? Because God said, hey, this is land. You're supposed to come here. But God is pretty fed up by this time. And there's some business about judgment and so on. And then the Lord said to the bunch of them, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and yet have put me to the test these ten times, and have not obeyed my voice, shall see the land that I swore to give to their fathers. And none of those who despise me shall see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, a different spirit, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land in which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. And he goes on, God goes on to say, all of the people 20 years of age and over who didn't obey me, who complained, they'll die in the wilderness. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I would make you dwell, except Caleb and Joshua. But your little ones who you said would become a prey I will bring in, and they shall know the land that you rejected. So sometimes people think, well, what does this have to do with nowadays? Yeah, we're, we're in a way in the wilderness. Are we complaining, or are we grateful and paying attention to God's plan? Because God says, As I live, declares the Lord, What you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. And they they had complained. They had spoken against God. Oh, we're going to die. And that's what happened to them. Hmm. It appears that God was listening to what they said. So, we should pay attention to this. To speak God's word and to make a positive confession That just means speak positively rather than negatively about your gratitude and appreciation, because gratitude does change everything. If we're in alignment with God's Word, that helps our mental state to change, which changes our behavior, changes what we do, and God's watching. Yeah, that's what I want them to do. Love one another, be grateful. Don't be mad at your neighbor. So how are you thankful for the others in your life? You know, we've talked about how <laughs> the Israelites were complaining and that this is not a model to follow, not to speak things that go against what God wants for us. And so are you thankful for the other people in your life? Now, family is sometimes a loaded area to think about, can I be grateful? Maybe there's no one in your family that you can feel grateful. Maybe there are some. Maybe you have a wonderful family. What about friends? What about your CR fellow family here? Our instruction from Colossians is, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Here's the body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We heard that earlier. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. We do that in step study. That's what step study is for. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. But Janet, I can't sing. If I sang, people would get up and move away from where I am. Can you speak the lyrics of the songs up here? Can you pull in the lyrics in your mind, your heart? You don't have to be singing if you think you shouldn't sing. So who are you thankful for in your life? Are you grateful for your church? Now, church is not a building. You know this. The, the Greek word ekklesia, that's translated as church, people think of it as a building. Ekklesia means the assembly of believers getting together. It might be in somebody's house. That's the church. It is not a building. There's an African proverb that goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. That's part of what the church is for. And I remember uh, Dr. Frank Turek said, the church is a hospital for the sick, not a hotel for the saints. And we're blessed in this incredible facility that we have here, aren't we? But it was the giving of fellow members of the body of Christ that made this place possible. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then there's, are you thankful for your recovery? Well, Janet, I'm not sure I'm recovered. Oh, oh you know, list of uh, you know, problems and issues comes up. Recovery is a process. It's not as if the magic wand's gonna be tapped on your head one day, you're recovered. That's why people do step study again and again, get more each time. You might have just started in your recovery from emotional issues or addiction issues or family issues, or maybe you're 20 years in and you've got a lot of good experience. But the author of Hebrews writes this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And you're in the race because you're here. You're at some place in your race. And I really like that line God gives us, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. That's also about step study. And how are you thankful to God? Well, he made everything. He made the universe. That's why we're here. That's why there's something rather than nothing. This is a good reason to be thankful It's kind of a big idea to get your head around. But what if God had not made the universe? We wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be here. So that's a reason to be grateful. When I go for walks, I look for things to appreciate and be grateful for, and and I take photographs, and usually it's flowers and weeds, and sometimes a composition of weeds which I think, God, that, that's amazing. You know, you could frame that. I take a picture of it. The most recent one was a, a single sprig of goldenrod coming up from a crack in the pavement of this parking lot. And uh, there's all this crumbled concrete and stuff around. And that goldenrod is just, uh-uh. look at me. Beautiful God, beautiful composition. What are you deeply, fully reaching into for gratitude? Because God commands us to be grateful because he knows that once you get into that gratitude, you're going to be giving back and it's going to come back to you because that's the way he set things up. It's almost like, don't be stuck. Get moving. And so... Here are the questions for groups. So take a photograph. Name things or people in your life for which you're really deeply grateful. And if, it's a, if that's a bit difficult, then that's really good for you. What actions are you taking to demonstrate gratitude and give back? And why is it important to maintain that mindset? Those first two questions are the most important ones to get to. Leaders, and then if you have time for another round, do the third one. I'm over time as usual. Oh well. Stand up, we're going to pray, and it's going to be a declaration. I've taken the scripture about gratitude, and I have phrased that scripture so that when you speak it, it's reminding you that it's for you. So I'll I'll say a phrase and then I'll give you a space so you can repeat it. And we don't want any wussy stuff like Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your steadfast love. I'd like to hear it nice and loud so Mark, our watchman out here, can also share in our prayer, okay? So nice and loud. So close your beautiful eyes and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. I, thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you, Lord, for your steadfast love. I thank you for your wondrous works you your wondrous work. to us, the children of man. Children of man. I, shall anything, I shall not be anxious about anything, but in everything by my prayer and supplication. With my thanksgiving, I let my requests be made to you, God. I let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. We are called in one body to be thankful. To be- I let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. In me. We, teach in we teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. We sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And and spiritual songs. With thankfulness in our hearts to you, God. With let me lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and And let me run with endurance the race that is set before me me me. i enter god's gates with thanksgiving thanksgiving. and his courts with praise I give thanks to you, God. Bless your name. I give to you, God. Bless your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.